Hey guys, it's Jackie, founder of All Mama Care and Mama to a Super Kid. When my son was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia at 21 months old, not only did I feel my world was ending, but I was alone and scared. I made it my job to get my hands on every resource possible to become educated about his diagnosis. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I was determined to become empowered and do everything possible to help my baby and my family thrive. Along the way, I've had the pleasure of connecting with some wonderful organizations and meeting some of the most caring and authentic people. This podcast is dedicated to supporting parents and families while their child is going through cancer treatment and beyond. I share with you all the resources that have played a major factor during this time in my family's life, and I'm so glad you're here with me. And now, let's get this episode started. This week, my husband and I share some really big and exciting news for our family. In this episode, we also reflect on the past year and what it's meant not only for our family, but for our hopes and our dreams. We emphasize how it was nearly impossible to have any hope for the future during those first nine months of our son's treatment. We share with you the most recent clinic visit and some tips that have worked well for us. And most of all, I hope that this episode reaches the ears of someone that needs it most right now. Someone that needs to hear that hope is always there, even when you're connected by a very invincible string. We have some really exciting news that we want to share with you guys. Ali is going to be a big brother, and this little baby number two is due in early November. Hey everybody, welcome back to the All Mommy Care podcast. This week I have Ryan with me, and we have two pieces of really good news that we wanted to share with you guys. Uh, number one, Ollie had clinic this past Wednesday, and it went really well. And Rai brought Ollie in, and he had to get the IVIG immune boost, and we were really pleased that it went really well. It was quite a long, <laughs> a long day but everything went well so that's all that matters yeah. but and everyone was great the the part for me that was a little scary was first walking in there because well this time you had to go through the hospital main entrance right but that was there was like no one there mm-hmm. i mean that was like I wasn't even worried about that. I think people were just there for their appointments, and it was maybe like four or five people there at all. Um, going up the stairs was fine, too. Ollie let me carry him, so it was no big deal. Getting into the room was fine. But the fact that we were in the transfusion room threw me up for a loop. So in our clinic, there's one room that accommodates three different patients. Actually, four patients. At no, one it's time. three. It's three. Oh, three at there's one a, time. There's a left, a right, and a middle. With separating curtains, but for whatever reason, our clinic had decided to put our son in that room. It wasn't just Ollie. I mean, it was other. there were other kids in there, too, kids that we've seen in treatment throughout the time we've been going. Yeah. So I'm, I assume it's because they deemed the risk was really low because we were six feet apart and every, most everyone was wearing masks. Ollie was the only one whose mask would go up and down because his mask didn't really fit right. him correctly. But, but I mean, I kept pulling it up. Um, but And he kept it on, which was great. He kept it on the whole time. Uh, he never took it off once, um, except to eat. 
and then he put it right back on. Awesome. Yeah, he did a great job. I was so proud of him. He he would leave it on. I'd be like, no, we have to leave it on because everyone, well, you know, I think everyone's sick. It probably mm-hmm. helped because you were wearing it. Yeah, I wear mine the whole. I, I, I wore mine the whole it. time. Um, yeah, the medical thing that we do both the night before helps too. Yeah, now him getting his little lab coat and looking like a doctor, I think it definitely helps. And he even said that, like things like, you know, when um, nurses would come over with this stuff, and I want to listen. He'd be like, oh, for the beat beat. Like he knew exactly mm-hmm. what they were doing and it didn't scare him at all. Right. Like, he was actually really good. Other than the port, like even when he was accessed, he, he screams now a little bit. And I don't know if it's because he can feel it. Like the. No, our child life specialist said she usually says like, it's fine. I think it's the pressure. That's like, I think it's the pressure. The pressure of the blood may be leaving too, like for the flow return and back. Cause like he always says ow, ow, ow to that. And I think it's cause he can but feel he it. But he should be numbed up with the emblem cream. I'm talking about the blood pull and the push the back draw. in. Yeah. The blood the draw. draw and then yeah. the, and the pushing back in of the heparin. I feel like he feels it or something cause he goes ow, ow, ow. Well, he also doesn't like the taste of the heparin cause it's, Oh. He can taste it right away. Either way, he, that's the only part he has a little bit of a tantrum with, and then he's fine the rest of the time. But it was you said it was helpful that our chat life specialist. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, he called her his best friend. <laughs> so, I mean, he literally Shout said that. Shout out to Nicole. Thank yeah. you. He's like, so she actually left because it was probably some, or she was having lunch or something, and he actually goes, where's my best friend, Nicole? Oh. And I was like, oh, so she's probably eating lunch. He goes, but she's coming back, right? And I was like, I was like, maybe, I hope, because you seem really excited. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was great. We were there for five hours yeah. in that room, and he did great. You know, he played on course, his Kindle for yeah. a while. He watched his Apple. He, he played with trucks. A, he painted a treasure chest. Painted a treasure chest in a birdhouse. He, yeah, he did a bunch of stuff actually, and he he did it all without leaving that area which i thought was really i was really proud of him for that you know i didn't have to like corral him too much so overall it went really well and he we were very lucky he did not have any reactions to the ivig immune boost and this was the second time that he got it so we're just really thankful that everything went really well and came home no major issues at home and i mean he's had a rash a diaper rash, rash but that was it you know, he's getting fluids all the time, and he refused to let me change his diaper, yeah. so his, his so diaper was huge. So thinking about potty training, and I know that a lot of moms and dads say kind of like, wait on it until after treatment, but we're going to try it. We're going to see. So if you guys have little ones, and you've been through the whole potty training stage, and, you know, you have any tips for us, please let us know. My cousin was nice enough to give me one of the books that she read that she used on her son. So we're going to try it. We're not going to force it, but we'll see what happens. I mean, he's mentioned it a couple of times. His little potty. His little potty. Yeah. So I think it might be the right time. Yeah. But if not, we can always try and then wait a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, we got rid of nap. So. Yeah, that's another transition. So right after he turned three, he decided he did not want to nap anymore. It's not that he decided. It's just like we would try to put him down for a nap. Yeah. And it was a constant battle. Yeah. And by the time we got him down, he's doing like an hour anyway. So it was like this kind of pointless that we're forcing the situation. And then eventually we just started asking him, do you want to take a nap? He said, no. He just wants to lay down in his teepee, watch a show for like an hour, and, and then recharge time. and have some quiet time and has a snack. And then, and then he wake, you know, he's ready to go for the rest of the day. So it has been helping his nighttime sleeping. And he's sleeping pretty well into the morning now, too. So I think it's... It's better off, yes, do we lose some free time during the day? I miss it. I miss it, too. I miss nap time. But I think for him it's better. Yeah. It's good to have a I could use a time. nap 
I've been working on a swing I set. I took a nap yesterday <laughs> when he was supposed to take a nap. I, I've been working on a swing set for my nephews for the last two days. And it's exhausting. It's literally like I forgot what it's like to do actual physical activity <laughs> because I haven't been doing it for like two months because it's like we go on walks, but it's not like hard physical labor. It's the most massive swing set I've ever seen. I just remember when I was a kid, a swing set used to be just the swings and they were on like a metal pole. It was it. It was like two metal poles, a swing, and maybe a seesaw. And now these these massive forts for kids. Like we just spoil them so much. Like, here's a castle, kid. Expect with, this the rest of your life. With windows and a spyglass yeah, and, and a slide. Oh, his has a little picnic area that gets sit in <laughs> with a bench that's off of it. So it's a that's swing. A, that's actually pretty cool. There's two swings, a seesaw, a castle with a house and window. And then he has a little bench on the side that he can like have a little picnic with with a roof over it. It's like a yeah, like an Eden porch. That's pretty cool. Absolutely ridiculous. I feel like I've been building a house. Do well, it. it will definitely be worth it. Um, I'm sure it will. It's just a lot of work and a lot of pieces. The only other thing with clinic though is his AMC was a little high, so his absolute neutrophil count was a little high. So it wasn't like super high. It was just a little high. We were just reassured that that can happen. Um, his ANC has never really been high, so that was kind of alarming at first. But again, we were reassured that, you know, this can happen when kids transition from the once-a-month steroid uh, to the three-month steroid, and it could also be because of allergies, too. So Right, we were told it could be of allergies or even fighting a virus his body was creating more, so it could have been that, too. Or they said they might have to up the dose of the um, methotrexate of the 6-MP. So we'll just watch it. But again, like our team is so responsive and so good. Right. And we still go in every month. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're on high alert, but, you know, we're just continuing to educate ourselves on everything. Um, Next month I'm looking forward to because it's just going in, getting a blood draw, and then we leave. We don't have to wait. They're going to tell us afterwards. They'll send us the report. Like, it's going to be quick. It's going to be like 15, 20 minutes. It's going to be awesome. You know, not that I look, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I understand we have to be there and the people that are there make it great for us, but I don't want to be there, you know, right. especially with everything that's been going on. It's like a hospital's the last place I want to be. And I know it's a separate part of the hospital, but like a hospital's the last place I really want to be during this. So, but we are very lucky that we are we are able to go monthly and get his labs checked, right? And, and that's I don't sure. want to sound you know. Right, we're not ungrateful. Spoiled or ungrateful because, you know, we have to go to the hospital. I, I understand why we're going. It's, just, it's a lot to go every month. Right. And also, too, Ryan's been going, I would say, the past almost four months now um, because we have some really exciting news that we want to share with you guys. Ollie is going to be a big brother, and this little baby number two is due in early November. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how quick November is going to come, too. Yeah. I can't believe it's almost June. So it, we're talking about five months. Yeah. It's going to come really quick. That's crazy. Like, you're yeah. essentially halfway through the pregnancy, halfway. right? So the, I was kind of debating on making a big deal about it. But, you know, Ryan kind of said, you know, maybe we should just share with everybody that we are expecting baby number two. And, of course, with this comes a whole new set of emotions and anxiety and stress, but also our hearts are bigger as well. Also, we want to make it clear that this is not a quarantine baby. <laughs> okay? I want uh, Everyone says, oh, having a little quarantine, quarantine baby. baby. It's not. We had planned this beforehand, like back in what? 
January and February. Yeah. So this was before everyone's in lockdown mode. So, um, so it's not like everyone keeps saying to me like, Oh, I'm having a little quarantine baby. Yeah. I mean, not everyone talks like that, like right. a cartoon character, but in my head, they sound like that one. Yeah. But I think it's important to share this with you guys because I just remember when Ollie was diagnosed, I remember turning to Ryan and telling him like, I don't know if Ollie can have a sibling. I was so distraught with everything. I couldn't even see a future. I was in such a state of stress and just fear really of the unknown. And so I wanted to make it a point to talk about it because if there's anyone out there listening right now and you feel like you can't even see, you know, the next hour or the next day, I was in your shoes and I just wanted to give you some sense of hope that whatever it is, whatever your dreams are for your family and for your child, they you will get there eventually. It's going to take some time. It's not going to be as planned. That's how life is, as we all know. But this is our story again. I just wanted to share it with you guys because I couldn't even see this happening, you know, when Ollie was diagnosed almost a year, almost a little over a year ago. I mean, I didn't think of it even back then. That wasn't like on the, that was on the, you know, first thing on my mind. It was going through treatment. So, you know, I, I didn't actually start thinking about this until probably he was out of the real intense chemotherapy. That just became, it was like, that's something I wasn't even thinking about. I was just thinking about getting him through the intense levels of the chemotherapy, making sure he was going to be okay. The first nine months. Of right. And, you know, and then once, you know, we were assured by our doctors that it'd be very rare for the second one to get it. It's not that it doesn't happen, but it would be very rare because like every pregnancy and every kid and every genetic makeup is totally different. Like we all take different pieces from our parents um, and we all have different experiences in the womb. So like everyone who's born into this world is born differently and genetically you know, so I just said, you know, I think, you know, life is too short to not try again. I mean, I think also, too, to be fair, we got really lucky where Ollie didn't have any genetic markers right, that would right. have increased, you know, the risk of a second baby have being affected by this. Um, and that was something that we had talked about. And Right, too, like Ollie didn't have a rare form of this. It was right. more of like the straightforward, like, this is the most common one. Um, and so like, Just with, that being, yeah, with that being said, we were kind of like, okay, so it's not like something that we carried or, or did. Right. I mean, so that right. was, that was easier to, to swallow that part of it too. Yeah. And also the second part is, you know, if Ollie ever needed a bone marrow transplant, that's something where a sibling would most likely be the best match. Right, but I just and want to make it clear. Just say we're not just having this kid for a bone marrow Yeah, I was just going to say, but every I'm time you saying, tell people that, it makes know, it sound like you, you're harvesting a, a, spare, a, like a spare child for bone marrow. Like, no, it doesn't sound good when you say it like that. No, but I'm saying if... No, I understand what did, you're saying, but, like, I remember we were telling someone like a week ago that you were pregnant and that was like the first thing you said. And I was like, that makes it just sound like you're harvesting this child for like bone marrow. No, this little baby, uh, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet. We're calling it little one. Little one. Right now. Right. And, um, yeah, we don't know if it's a boy or girl yet. That's in, actually it's coming right up June 8th. So it's like, uh, what, two weeks away? Yeah. Yeah. Two weeks now. 
and we'll share with you guys once yeah. we find out. But again, like there were there was a lot of conversations that we had trying to figure out, you know, what would be the best next right step for our family. And we were able to just kind of move forward with our life and start kind of planning things, which right. again was really hard when we were in that intense nine months of treatment. And rightfully so, Ollie was our main focus, our whole world stopped. And then, like Ryan said, once we kind of got into long-term maintenance, we found a cadence for like dealing with regular life, still yeah. under semi-quarantine, but right. um, we were we were able to kind of, I feel like, cope with what was going on a little bit easier. I will say this too, you know, when he was initially diagnosed, it kind of felt like the world stopped. And you grieve and you do the why me stuff and why him and why us. And, you know, now looking back now, I think like we were so blessed with Ollie in the first place and we were blessed that he responded well to treatment and we're blessed that he's so healthy now. And now we're blessed with another kid coming on the way. And, you know, you only think of the negative things when you're first going through a diagnosis like this. And, but there's all those positives now looking back through everything that I'm grateful for, which is pretty, it's pretty amazing feeling to be quite honest with you that we, we have a second little one on the way and we kind of always picture our family being a family of four and now it's heading that way, you know, and I don't know, it's uplifting because we were in a funk for so long when the diagnosis first started, you know, and life changed so rapidly at that point. And now this whole COVID thing right on top of it a year afterwards, it's just been crazy. And so like we have all these little blessings in our life that maybe we would take for granted if we didn't have these things happening, I guess. I don't know. I, I definitely think I took Ollie for granted um, before this happened. You know, I definitely think I did because you just, you have a kid and you go through the motions and you go to work and you do your day-to-day -day routine and you just, you get caught up in the game of life. And you don't really say like, I'm really blessed. I'm really lucky. And now I say those things more every day because I realize like I am blessed. I'm really lucky because, you know, we're all healthy and, and Ollie's doing great and we have a second kid on the way. So it's just, it's kind of crazy to think of that roller coaster we've gone on the last couple of years. Um, but to find ourselves here is awesome. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, when we were going through the really hard times, we were always looking for blessings, right? Like we had some really, Right, that's what I'm saying. Like I wasn't back we then. We had some like, really down months and it was really hard. And you, you just kind of have to give yourself some grace, give your partner some grace, give, you know, your kids some grace and just kind of like move through the hard time together and then just be hopeful that, okay, you're going to make it out on the other side. And you get to that point, mm -hmm. which is what I'm talking about, where now I realize all the blessings that we've had. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't feel that way. I don't want you or anyone listening right. to assume that I felt that way before. No. During treatment, I'm telling we were at the low point yeah. of the roller coaster. We were at the tough. very, very low valley. And, you know, now we're up here again. And, yeah, you know, then newborn comes and we're not sleeping and all this stuff. And, you know, the roller coaster gets a little rocky again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, life figuring out work stuff because I'm going to have to figure out work stuff for next year with the school and what we're going to be doing. And if this COVID stuff gets worse or if it gets better, or, you know, there's so many unknowns, but at the same time, there's still things that I can look at now and say, I feel hopeful about these new things yeah. where I wasn't saying that last year at this time mm -hmm. I was, I was still going through, you know, 
the treatment you were too. We all were. We were just about to enter into delayed intensification. Yeah, that was right about. Time. Yeah, this was that was right about now because I had just gone back to work. This was the second week I was back at work. So I was I was back at work the last week, the week before this, and I had about four weeks left because we didn't really have any snow days last year. So it was a short short year. You went back to school for a month. I went to back to school for yeah, for like three and a half weeks, I think. Um, so I was just getting back into the swing of like going to school because like my schedule was so off. His schedule was off with sleeping. So, you know, I would sleep in and now all of a sudden I was getting up at 530 again every day. It was crazy. So it was hard because, but it was also, I knew I was only going back for three and a half weeks. So I was like, I can get through this. It wasn't like a horrible thing. But then this happened this year and I've been out almost exactly the same amount of time again from school. So it'd be another tough transition in the fall. We end up going back full time. I think part of it, too, is sometimes it really is hard to swallow when people say, oh, you know, look for the blessings, like, you know, count your blessings, da 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 But, like, when you feel it's the appropriate time, it really, I think for me, it's really helped, like Ryan said, to just be grateful for what we do have versus what we don't have because everybody has their battles. And... You just never know what other people are going through. Um, but you do have a choice on how you respond to the situation. And I think that that, at least for me, and I hope for you too, right? But I think that's kind of helped us to move through this really, really tough season in our family. The right. choice to move forward and keep looking for the good stuff. Right. But again, I want to state just for point of reference, this is how I feel now, right now you know, May of this year, when everything is totally different, I did not feel like I was blessed in any way a year ago because of what we were going through and everything that was happening to our family. So I don't want people thinking that's what I'm saying. Again, I just want to clarify. We're not like Pollyanna's where we're like, oh, everything's so great. No. There's a time to grieve. There's this, I threw a shoe one time because I was so mad at everything. Like there's a time to be angry and mad and feel all the Exactly. But I'm at the point now where, you know, we have a lot of time sitting around during COVID-19 to think about things. And I've just been thinking about how blessed I feel now, how hopeful I feel now, because we've come out on the other side. I mean, he's still going through treatment. We still go in. But at the same time, like, it's not like it was, you know, and it's become a new normal. And I just, I just feel blessed that he's in my life at all. Like the little things that he does, you know. Even when he steals my phone and he records a random right. video. Or like when he, he'll just come over and give me a random kiss, you know? And I just think about how before this all happened, I really do think I just took him for granted. Is that hard for you to admit? And it's not hard to admit because it's the reality. Like you get caught up in the day-to-day life. You go to work, you come home, and you play with your kid. And I would, Remember I would complain? Because he, he wanted my attention so bad because I'd been gone all day and you were home with him. And I would come home and he wanted my attention the whole night. This is even when he was just like one, you know, or not even one. He was like on his way to one or he had just turned one. And he just wanted me to play with him all the time. And like, that's what you're supposed to do. And I would complain. I'd be like, I have no time for myself, blah, blah, blah. But now just realizing what a gift he is and, you know, the blessing of having him in my life. I, I love playing with him. I love doing stuff with him. I don't even care about the newest TV show or whatever the hell's on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry for swearing on your yeah, podcast. I was going to say, no, no profanity sorry. on this podcast. <laughs> sorry. 
please keep I it clean. I actually almost said the other word, the keep F Keep it word. clean, because there might be kids. I know. All right. But <laughs> hell's not that bad. Um, but you said you it know, again. Sorry. I said it again. Um, but you see what I'm saying. Like, H-E double hockey stick. You see what I'm saying. I'm saying that, you know, just who cares about what's on TV or Netflix or whatever. None of that stuff really matters anymore. Now I love playing with him. And I did take it for granted before this, that you know, and, and it's not hard to admit, because like I think when you admit things and when you uh, admit defaults, you improve on them. So yeah. it's not hard to admit for me, because I'm not the kind of person that has that pride where I'm going to be like, no, I don't want to admit this. Like I want to admit, yeah, I I messed up before. I wasted some time in my life with him, and and as bad as all this was, it made me realize what a gift he is. And well, now I have another gift on the way. We've been very lucky that we feel right now that we're very hopeful and that we're moving forward in our life. And obviously nothing is perfect, but again, I just, except me, <laughs> except me. <laughs> Sorry. Me I'm too. pretty, pretty close. And Ollie, he's pretty And I'm always right. Yeah. You're always right. So again, I just wanted to share this with you guys because this is our story. This is what we're going through in real time. And I hope that this is in some way, just a piece of the hope of light for any other person that might be listening to this where you feel like you're in a dark hole and we were in a dark hole for a really long time but like we said being on the other side of it now being a little bit more manageable and being able to somehow think about the future start planning about the future and I remember when Ollie was diagnosed that I would talk to some other moms that were far out in their treatment with their kiddos and they would say it does get better it does get better and I would just sob and how can you say that I don't understand it that's not my story like I never thought that it really would get better and it's more manageable and I would say that it's not for me it's not a high anxiety all the time like it was. And I know that everyone, not everyone probably feels that same way. And maybe they have a longer battle than we did. I get that. But for right now, like I have to say, like, I feel better about things. I feel I feel a lot things. more hopeful for the future. Right. And that was hard to see for a really long time. Right. I mean, we're having a baby. How do babies, we? babies are cute. Oh my god, I forget everything. That's the weirdest thing. I was actually talking about that with my sisters. I think maybe last week I was talking about it with them after we basically told them. I automatically was talking about it with them because they were talking about it with me and I was like saying like, do you guys even remember like how often a newborn naps? Like is it every two hours? I think it's every two hours but I can't remember. You just change his diaper every two hours and like you know, all these questions like I, I kept asking them, and they're like, I don't even remember. Like, what do you do? Like, when when do you start, you know, expecting them to walk? And, like, all these things. We were just trying to remember, you know, and they have little ones who are now one. Um, so, you know, they can kind of, I think, remember more now than we can. But I don't know. It was almost, it's almost going to be four years since we had a newborn. Yeah. So. so when this baby's born, Ollie will be three and a half. And yeah, I mean, it's hard to remember the infant stage and. Oh, it's so the, different too. Cause like when he would nap, we could nap. Now we're going to have like a yeah. four year old. We're not going to be able to nap anymore. Right. We're going to be so exhausted. But part of that is I'm just so grateful for the chaos and the craziness. Right. And I 
just feel really lucky that, you know, this little one is going to have a sibling mm -hmm. and, you know, I, ha I have two siblings, so, and Ryan has two siblings. So it's just nice again to plan for the future. And, um, it's just, it's really exciting. So I think that's yeah, about it. That's about it, I guess. Yeah. We hope everybody's staying at home and staying safe. And if you are choosing to go out, you know, continue to wear a mask, continue to wear gloves, wash your hands, take care of each other. Use and, common sense. Yeah. And most of all, check in on each other. We've been doing a lot of FaceTime mm. with family and it's been wonderful. Yeah, especially it's, those family members that you know are like alone. Right. Um, it's good to check in with them because they may not be getting checked in with as regular as, you know. Or they may not want to reach out to you because they feel right. like, oh, maybe you're so busy. Yeah, I don't want to be like a hassle to mm -hmm. them. So. Yeah. So that's about it, guys. Um, again, if you have any tips as far as. Oh, I remember. Remember at the beginning? Oh, potty training. Do you guys oh. have any tips for potty training? For See, we're already so exhausted yeah. and we don't even have a newborn. I know. I, I don't know how it's going to go. I know. The no coffee thing has been. Even having tricky. decaf every once in a while. I know, which I never did with Ollie. But Maybe the, that's why this baby kicks so much. The good news is, the good news <laughs> I'm is, kidding, I'm no longer that. sick, which right. is great because the first trimester was really tough with yeah, this one. Yeah, that was not fun. Yeah, and you really picked up a lot of slack. Yeah, yeah, I was exhausted. Yeah, I was like full on daddy daycare every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for you a full, you were sleeping a lot. A full six weeks, I was really sick, but it was fine though. I mean, we better, had a lot of fun. Feeling better now and. We're just so excited, and we'll definitely be sharing with you guys the gender of the baby, and we hope you're all doing well. That's about it. All right. Take care, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. If something from this stuck with you, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to message me on Instagram or on Facebook and tell me what you thought. Join the private All Mama Care Facebook group to connect with me directly and other listeners across the globe. You can even send me a voicemail. Simply go to anchor.fm backslash time backslash message. Wherever you're listening to this, take a screenshot, tag me and a couple friends. You never know, it might be exactly what someone needs to hear today. The light within me honors the light within you.